everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Thrive Infertility Podcast. This is Kathy Quillett, owner of Tennessee Reproductive Therapy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I specialize in all things reproductive and maternal mental health. I'm super glad to be back in this space with you. I say it every week, but I wish we were on a couch together, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. This is a really sweet space for me. I lived and learned through my own journey of infertility, and it is my privilege to sit uh, in session with those of you who come in and see me or see me virtually, Um, but also just my privilege. I remember uh, so long ago, just um, I did infertility about 12 years ago was when we started, and there was no, I mean, there was barely Facebook at the time, so no Instagram, no virtual communities know anything. And I remember just thinking, once I make it through infertility, and I did by way of adoption, I remember just thinking, I'm going to be part of the solution. Maybe not a macro solution. I may not run a, a rally or a race or like be the, the top of the pedestal in terms of like difference makers. But if I can make a difference in somebody's life, one person is enough. And so for those of you who show up here every week or come talk to me every week, seek me out on your own journey and allow me in, it is one of the greatest privileges of my life. And so thank you um, for coming back this week. I hope you loved Dr. Laura Shaheen last week. I just adore her. She is so informative and so personal. And I was Googling something just the other day and I saw Dr. Laura Shaheen on uh, talking about something on Forbes. Of course, she's on Forbes. She's just you know, she's somebody with a platform, a pedestal, if you will, a a difference maker who's going to make big waves and is already making waves. Last week, she announced her her upcoming book. I haven't heard anything about that since we recorded the podcast, but I'll be sure to let you know when it does come out. Um, I have some upcoming guests, which I'm excited about, but today I just wanted to get in your ear about something that um, really tripped me up a lot. And I know that if you're walking this race of infertility, it's got to trip you up a lot. If you've seen the title of this, you know that what I want to talk about today is the two-week wait. For those of you that might just be starting this marathon of fertility, the two-week wait might just be this window of optimism and hope where you're thinking, oh my gosh, maybe this is my month. If you've been running the race of infertility for, let's say, over a year, you might know the two-week wait is like one of the most hellacious, anxiety-provoking periods of the cycle where you're hypervigilant. Hypervigilant means like I'm looking over my shoulder for something else to hurt me. Maybe you're feeling really down. Maybe you're feeling a pinch of hope, but hope feels like a landmine because it trips you up all the time. And so... Maybe you have become so unfortunately well acquainted with the two-week wait that it's just a bad boyfriend or girlfriend that you just want to break up with, but they can't because they just stalk you and you have to keep meeting up with them because it is the only way to get through to healing. It's the only way to get through to um, this desired viable pregnancy marker. And so maybe that's a funny illustration, but it just came to me. It You know, things happen. Um, And so here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about some ways to healthfully manage the two-week wait. The first one of those is acknowledge that it's hard. 
from my seat in the office of, again, my, my place of being a therapist, I tell people so often, and I think my clients probably want to beat me over the head for saying this so often. And because it feels like I'm assigning pain, that's probably, it's because of the homework assignment of it more than like the frequency of it. But sometimes we just have to sit with the grief. Sometimes we have to acknowledge the hard. The two-week wait comes after sometimes great lovemaking, but sometimes after like the apathetic calculated sex, the timed intercourse, maybe after uh, a transfer or an insemination. And so you are, again, well acquainted with the pain. And so I just, in saying this is hard, I just want you to be able to acknowledge like this is hard. My mental health takes a hit during the two-week wait. I'm not going to sit here and pitch a tent and have a pity party and call in sick from work. Although if you do, no shame in that game. Sometimes I have clients that want me to sign FMLA because they're at the point in the game where it's just gotten hard and they're thinking my mental health is taking a hit. And so by the time I get to pregnancy and postpartum, I want to have worked through it. And so I'll sign that FMLA paperwork. That's not a big deal because by the time that so many months have really compromised our mental health. It is important sometimes to stop and say, I just need to take a break. I need a mental health breather. I need to practice some self-care. And I can't do that while doing infertility full-time and my job full-time and just being a woman in this world. And so I guess the point here is first things first, we need to acknowledge that it's hard. When you're thinking, this is point number two, when we are getting ready for the two-week wait, collect your TTC sisters, get your trying to conceive warriors, get your support system, tell your, your partner, like, I'm, I'm acknowledging the hard, this is going to be long, I could be really hormonal because fertility treatments have me on all these hormones, or I'm just really anxious because maybe I have a family history of anxiety, whatever that might be. We're going to acknowledge it's hard and we're going to collect our people, the people who you don't even have to use words with, who know you, who see you, who acknowledge you, and who know maybe what you're walking. Instagram, Facebook, all the other social media platforms that I'm just much too old to be on. But I did infertility before all of that. And now those of you who are walking through this journey now are afforded the luxury. If you can find people, I mean, just go hashtag like TTC journey or TTC community or something like that. If you're in Nashville, let's gather. But we need to find our support system. We need to find our people and just let them know. This is what I'm anticipating. These are the feelings I'm already experiencing. I need you to show up for me in this way. Be specific. Be transparent. Let them know exactly what the, to do. I oftentimes say that we just need to over-communicate. You know, that whole, like, I don't know. What do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do tonight? I always say if we don't communicate, we're expecting the other person to read our brain. And people are not set up to read our brain. Maybe some of your people can do it but I fail at it all the time. And so we have to over-communicate. My husband and I just make a pack. Like the other day, both of our, our birthdays were in the summer. His was last week. And we say, like we just said the other day, like, what's your expectation for your birthday? His was nothing. What's your expectation for your birthday? Nothing. Cool. Date night for each one. Perfect. Gifts? No. Cards? No. 
sweet. We communicated our expectations. Luckily, we both like to do the same thing. So it's easy. Neither of us are gift givers. We, we communicated exactly our expectations. Here's what we need. And this is what we need to do with our partners all the time. It's good practice, but do it gently. Start gently and with an agreement that I'm going to communicate using I messages, not you are messages, but do this with your people to say, I'm going into the two-week wait and this is exactly what I need. Please support me. Another one, number three, is let's make plans that we're excited about. I often tell my clients, we need to do things in the middle of the two-week wait or some other, maybe it's a a baby's due date that's coming up and you lost this baby early in pregnancy, something, maybe it's a milestone that's really hard. Make plans around that time for you to look forward to other than, let's say, when you take the pregnancy test. So we are going to make plans that we're excited about, but here's also what we're going to do. We're going to make plans that we can cancel. So let's say one of these people, one of these girlfriends, it's in your support system that you've told them that this is going to be really hard. And you're like, okay, well, let's go do this. But also friend, what I'm going to say is that's two days before I'm going to test. And the last five months that I've done it, I have been a nervous wreck that day. I want to make this plain with you, but I need an escape hatch. If I call you a day before that and say, you know, I just can't do it. My hormones are out of control. I'm really tired. I'm really emotional. I can't stop crying, whatever. I need permission to say I'm out. Perfect. Plans I'm going to look forward to, but also give yourself a way out if necessary. Number four, manage your mood, knowing that it's going to ebb and flow, especially if you've been trying for a long time. So how do we manage our mood? We do things like self-care, put your feet in the grass, swing in a hammock, get a good book, go. There's a sweet little factory near us with tea lattes, which I've just found is a thing here. I thought chai lattes for a really long time. We're like, I don't know, maybe just not a tea. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought it was just something Starbucks concocted, but then I went to a tea, I don't know, bar, something like that. If you're in middle Tennessee, it's in Columbia. It's super good. I don't even know what it's called. Maybe I'll link it in the show notes, but it is super good. And they do all sorts of teas with like frothy oat milk. Changed my life. Not going to lie. I I don't even know how I got on that, but we're going to manage our mood. Oh, with self-care. Yes. Going to this tea place is self-care. But I'm going to be honest. I also got chai tea latte there, but Next time I go, I'm going to get something else. I told them I wanted something that tasted like Christmas and it tasted like Christmas as chai does. Well done. So what is it for you that makes you just kind of sink into your own form of bliss? We just got off a lake last week and sitting in a kayak, just watching. I was out there with my son and he was in the kayak next to me and I stopped him and I just said, buddy, look at this. In this beautiful, like, take a mental snapshot of this moment and figure out what it does for you. And he was like, Mama, this is my happy place. What is your happy place, friend that's listening to this? We can manage our mood with finding things that make us come alive. Okay, so depression is one of those things. When I say mood, a lot of times we think of depression, we think of crying, we think of hopelessness, we think of low motivation, loss of interest, and pleasurable things changes in sleeping or eating. We also think of social isolation. All that can really happen. If you go back to the beginning of the podcast, there's one about trauma and one about thriving. Um, 
go back and listen to those. If you want an idea of just how we kind of talk about infertility as a reproductive trauma and how that can get really hard. If those symptoms of depression I just went through and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally there, which statistically speaking, like three quarters of the people going through infertility experience of symptoms of depression. If you're one of those, please reach out to me, Kathy at TennesseeReproductiveTherapy.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-E. I'd love to get you hooked up with one of our clinicians. If you are in Tennessee, if you're not reach out, let me help you find somebody who can support you on your journey. Because if you're feeling symptoms of depression, anxiety all the time, let's help you. Like I talked about those people who were getting FMLA, let's help you deal with infertility now so that you're ready for uh, pregnancy, postpartum and parenthood. A number, let's call it five. We're going to make a plan for test day. My husband and I made a pact at the beginning of um, us trying to conceive that I would take or every time I would take a pregnancy test, he would be there with me. And so there he was every single time I would pee on that piece of plastic. He's there sitting on the floor next to me, whether it was good news, bad news. He was there experiencing that with me in real time. Is that your plan for test day? Or do you like to do it alone? If you're waiting for a call from the fertility doctor, what does that need to look like for you? Um, I've encouraged some people, if they're feeling like a lot of anxiety around it, maybe uh, have the doctor call your partner and let your partner tell you if you're feeling like I have been called so many times with bad news from this fertility doctor, I can't take anymore. Um, Maybe they need to call my partner or maybe I need to take half a day off of work on the day that I'm going to get my results. Whatever that is for you, make a plan for test day. That is another thing that you can do in anticipation um, to whenever you're going to test during the two-week wait. Okay. Then I want you to bookend test day. This is number six. Bookend test day with something you love. Whether it is you know, going out to dinner with your partner, going to an ice cream shop, another local recommendation, Jenny's ice cream. I guess it's out of Columbus. We used to live in Ohio, didn't have Jenny's ice cream until we moved to the great state of Tennessee. But now that we're here, we are in not really even do dairy. And I don't love sugar, but I'll tell you that they have flavors that even I like. So is it a coffee shop? If it's negative, is it cocktail hour with some friends? How can you book and the day, maybe what's with a pizza um, and game night or something. How can you bookend the day, whether it's good news, bad news? What are you going to do to acknowledge all of the emotion that you've sat with already this month? Then uh, as you kind of wrap up these 14 days, what we need to do, especially with every negative test that comes at the end of these, at the end of a cycle, at the end of this 14 day wait that we have, the goal is seeking acceptance. Please do not hear me say, put on a pretty bow. Please do not hear me. I mean, we started with sitting with emotions, allowing yourself the opportunity to grieve, sit with the heart, do what you need to do. So how do you need to, if the test is negative, how do you need to seek acceptance? Maybe it's writing a letter to yourself. Maybe it's allowing yourself time to cry. Maybe it's allowing yourself time in nature because that's a really happy place for you. Maybe it's scheduling an appointment with your therapist to just sit down and say, I am disappointed. You know, we, we say to people a lot, we just need you to, to use your feeling words. And once we use our feeling words, 
It's okay to just sit with them. We are in a culture that is really learning emotional intelligence. My generation, maybe the one even after mine, a little bit stunted on how we process emotional intelligence. That means how we allow ourselves to sit with our emotions. Think guys, 40 years ago, guys don't feel emotions and girls are too much if they feel emotions. That's the old narrative, one that we're really trying to get away from. Name the emotion, carve out the space to sit with those emotions, call your support system and say, these are the emotions I'm feeling. This is how I need you to hold space for me. This is how I'm holding space for myself. What is it that you need to do? Are you a processor? Are you a journaler? Are you a prayer? Are you a yogi? Are you a mountain climber? Is it something where you light some candles to process emotions and just sit and grieve and just be present? in your own meditative way. So we're going to acknowledge that it's hard in the two-week way. We're going to get our TTC people in your corner. We're going to make plans that we're excited about, even having uh, a plan B where we can cancel. We're going to manage our mood, knowing it's going to ebb and flow, especially the longer you're trying, the more kind of downward our mood is going to go. We're going to make a plan for test day, and then we're going to bookend test day with something we love. If our test is negative, what we're really going to gear towards is self-acceptance. And if it is positive, congratulations. Uh, We have podcasts about that. And if it's it's a pregnancy after miscarriage, go back and listen to, we have one with Layton, a co-therapist of mine who's fantastic. She's opening up new office availability and she is just wonderful. She's newer to the practice, but not new to mental health, especially maternal mental health. So she's great. And again, office hours, but can see people throughout Tennessee as can I, as can Leslie, who works for Tennessee Reproductive Therapy in the form of medication management. If you have already successfully achieved pregnancy and maybe you're uh, listening to this because You've been a lifer with me throughout the podcast, but you've achieved pregnancy maybe just, and um, you're thinking, I need to start gearing into pregnancy. Uh, allow us to continue walking that with you because we, um, that's what we do. So whether you're beginning fertility or you're, oh man, you've been playing this game for a while. We stand with you. We stand in solidarity because we've walked it. It's painful. And we just honor the difficulty that it is for you. So wherever you are in your cycle, Godspeed, you got this. You got this. I can't say that pregnancy is going to come at the end of this, but keep fighting to be better after infertility. That was my goal. I hope it's yours. I wanted to be a better version of myself after infertility, regardless how it ended. Mine ended with adoption, not necessarily what we thought it was going to do, but yesterday was the anniversary of when the judge in Ethiopia ruled that we were a family for nine years. Never in my wildest dreams did we think that that's how our fertility story would end, but boy did it. And those kids have my entire heart. So wherever your story ends and however we can get you there, we're here to walk with you. All right, friends, go out and thrive. Have a great week. Bye, y'all.